Hey, my monkeys, what's up? Old Uncle Silverback here with you on the Arm Date Podcast. Today is Sunday. It's the 1st of July, 2012. All right, monkeys, before we jump into the show, let's go ahead and get some of our contact info out of the way. If you've got a review or uh, suggestions or comments for the show, you can contact me a couple of different ways. You can either use the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-APE1, 206-745-2731. Or if you would prefer to use the email, which is thearmedape at gmail.com, all one word, thearmedape at gmail.com, you can either write out an email and I'll read it for you on the show, or you can record your own audio file, so a WAV file or an MP3 file, and I'll play that for you on the show. Now, even if you don't have a review or suggestions, and you just wanted to call in and say, That is awesome! Or you wanted to call in and say, <sighs> What a douche. That's fine by me. I'm looking forward to hearing from you soon. Hey, monkeys. I had an interesting weekend last weekend, and I wanted to tell you guys about this. So this would have been the weekend of the like 23rd, 24th. Um, I think I actually did Friday, too, so it would have been the 22nd as well of, uh, of June. What I did is I got signed up through the city to do the uh, CERT team qualification, I guess. I don't know. Certified. I don't know what. Anyway, what CERT stands for is Community community Emergency Response Team. And in, I guess in theory, I can tell you about sort of what, what the, maybe the goal or the philosophy of this would be. And that's that you get people, number one, educated about how they could help in a disaster type situation. So, this isn't necessarily a like a first aid course or a um, like a CPR course or or uh, even like a mini EMT type course. What this thing would be is it's in theory would allow you to offer assistance, logistical assistance, basically to fire or medical, or police in the event of a big disaster to where basically they need every trained person that they got. So let's say in the case of fire, they need, uh, the fire department, excuse me, they need every trained person they got to be able to render medical aid or uh, go into a building and search. And they don't need to have a guy who's standing down at the corner and making sure that, that, you know, no new people come up and make the situation worse. So what you would do maybe as a volunteer, is you could you could go down and help direct traffic or you could help direct, you know, when the ambulances are coming, you can direct them and say, here, the staging area is, you know, on the south corner of that field over there, and that's where they need you to go. Um, and you would have, you know, this little vest and everything so that they would know that you weren't just, you know, some guy just standing around. Um the reality of the course we'll get into a little bit later, and what I'll do is I'll talk about how they had it set up, who the funding was from, things like that. So let's we'll jump in with that. It was funded through FEMA, and also I think maybe partially through Department of Homeland Security. 
And when my wife had first brought this thing to me, said, do you want to do this? And I saw who was teaching it. And I was like, oh, you know, I don't I don't know. Because I, I thought, well, is this going to be just like some propaganda thing? Or, you know, what is this thing all about? And then she was, and she and I talked about it a little bit more. And she said, well, hey, even if you go to it, at least you'll get the knowledge. At least you'll understand kind of their maybe mindset of how they deal with with emergencies or, or what they're going to do so that it would help us better make a decision if there was ever a big disaster here. You know, it, it would let us know, well, do we need to go? Do we need to stay? Um, that type of thing. Uh, so what they talked, again, because it's FEMA and because it's the government, there's, a, there's probably a lot of bureaucrats that sat in a room and, and dreamed up the curriculum. Um, A lot of the stuff, I will, I will say that a lot of it was very interesting. Almost all of it was very interesting. Probably about 80% of it, you as a person who, who is, who's going to be a volunteer, you're never going to use. Uh, the liability and the level of training, the liability, number one, from the city, they wouldn't allow you to go do it. The level of tra- Number two, the level of training that you got during this course isn't enough. <laughs> to, to let you do a whole lot of stuff because um, they make it sound like, you know, oh, there's going to be this, you know, all these buildings are going to be pounded to rubble and you're going to be going in there and doing this and doing that. And you're, you're probably not. But anyway, we'll, we'll cover that a little bit later, a little bit more later. The way that the course was originally set up, it was a 21 hour course that what they wanted to have happen was you would meet once per week. So one night per week and you would meet for about three hours and you would you would be given um, uh, you could go in a little bit more in depth and all the stuff. And at the end of that course, like your last day, would be running drills and doing stuff and trying to put some of the classroom stuff that you had learned into practical applications. Well, what they found out uh, was that over the course of a seven week period. People would miss classes, maybe either due to work or family, things like that. Or some people, because it was so long, would kind of lose interest. And so what they wanted to try and do was to condense the class, to see if they could condense it. And by doing that, instead of doing 21 hours, our class was just 20. So on Friday, we had a four-hour class. On Saturday and Sunday, they were eight-hour classes. And on Saturday and Sunday, we had uh, on Saturday we had a little bit of like a search drill. And then on Sunday, we had a bigger more elaborate drill uh, where we did more stuff, which I'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, the things that were covered in the course, they did a thing where they talked about terrorism, and uh, you know you could really tell that that was sort of out of the uh, Department of Homeland Security kind of playbook and this and that. And our instructors were all firemen, and they did a really good job, and I thought they had a really good perspective. I They weren't like, you know... Uh, throwing out propaganda or saying, you know, you've got to trust the government and you've got to do all this and that. They were basic. They were really good teachers, all really good guys, tried to make it as interesting as possible. They also, to their credit, I thought, threw in a lot of reality stuff. So they would talk about, well, here's, you know, this, this, and this, but the reality is you're not going to do that because you don't have the training to do it. You're just sort of going to be in the way, you know, so... Me as a, I, you and I as volunteers, let's say, we're not going to be prying up, you know, slabs of concrete or things like that, you know, just because we don't have, 
we don't have the training. We haven't had the practice of doing that stuff. Um, you know, so, but anyway, uh, they, like they said, they covered, uh, things like terrorism. They covered things, um, about the psychology of big disaster situations. And in our class we had, oh, I'd say about 32 or 33 people. And I think only one or two people kind of didn't make it through the whole weekend. Um, But there was, like I said before, there was a ton of stuff that was covered that didn't need to be covered for the level that that I, you or I would be as a volunteer for the program if we ever did get called up to go out, which is going to be very, very rare that you're actually going to go out and and, uh, go out to like one of these big disaster sites, like a plane crash or again, maybe like a train derailment or, uh, you know, a big pile up on the freeway where there's lots and lots of hurt people. Uh, number one, you may not even be able to get there. Number two, they may not be able to get a hold of you, you know, that type of thing. Um, so anyway, we learned some of the more practical stuff and some of the stuff that I thought was was uh, good practical stuff that everybody could use. They talked about things like having that bug out kit, having that 72-hour kit. Now, they they were basically saying, oh, you don't need this or this or that. And they, they, they were advocating a very, very basic, basic kit. And there were things that, that a lot of stuff that they had left out that I thought that you could add. And they, they they saw more as, look, this is just for you to survive. And so it's it's got to be smaller. You're not going to have it and blah, blah, blah. But again, if it was me that was going to make up the kit type thing, I would have done it a little bit differently than what they did. Uh, you know, so they, they just had basic things. They also kind of, uh, one of the guys kind of scoffed a little bit about some of the redundancy things saying, well, you know, you don't, and I, I understand his point, but his point was, look, you don't need to have eight pocket knives. You know, if you just have one good one and I thought, well, you know, why not? It doesn't really cost you much space or weight if you've got like a good fixed blade, like a little Mora, and then you've got like a nice little Swiss army knife. You know, why not have two in case one breaks or you lose one? Or maybe you could lend one out type thing. Uh, they talked about one thing that they did recommend as far as if you're going to carry bandages. They recommended a lot of the the 4x4 gauze pads and things like that. They talked a little bit about if you had a bigger kit. And this was a lot of this stuff is was all over the course of, of, the, of, of the three days. And so I'm kind of putting stuff together when we're on like the medical topic. So they talked about a really good idea would be to have those four by four pads to maybe have a couple of ACE bandages or to get those, uh, Israeli, I think they're called Israeli type where you can, they've got the pad and they've got the, uh, the, what am I thinking? The way to tie it up is attached to it. Um, they showed us how to tie a sling. They showed us, you know, a couple of just, you know, basic things. Um, also they talked about, that you should ha- you should get a good pair of the medical shears uh, because they'll cut through clothes easily. They'll cut through seat belts easily. They'll you know he said you can even cut through you know some of them the, the good ones you can cut through a penny. He said you don't want to do them that because you're going to ruin it. But he said if you get those those good shears, you can cut through just about anything that you're going to come across out there, and that you could keep that in a you know some of this stuff in a in a very small little pack that you could just keep in the car all the time. Um, they talked about uh, 
a, it's a really good idea to also keep uh, some good uh, latex-free gloves in your car. Um, they talked about having you know, a couple of pairs of those, so that what basically you're, what you're doing is you're you're preventing you're uh, preventing any blood or fluids from getting in and on you and into you if you had cuts on your hands or something like that. And the thing that they said that was really good was the actual and the the thing is called N95, so N as in Neil, and then the number nine five N95 mask. And they said that if you have that 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 will filter out about 90-some-odd percent. They they thought about maybe 95% of the stuff that you would likely be able to come across. So, again, if, let's say, you were stuck in traffic and all of a sudden a tractor-trailer overturns, and even though you're evacuating, if you can pop on that mask and walk out, you may not be breathing in that chlorine glass, even though it's, it's, it's small. Uh, they talked about, too, with... Again, if there was if there was a tractor trailer overturn and it had caught fire and the tires were burning, that's a lot of toxins and stuff that's getting released into the atmosphere. And even though you may not like be in that dark cloud, you would it'd be great if you had a mask and you could put that on. And you had enough for you know if you had four or five of them uh, in your car, and that way if you had a full car, everybody could get a mask, and that way you could at least filter out some of the stuff that you might be breathing in. Uh, when we did, now we, uh, on, I'll talk about some of the drills that we did a little bit. We did a, a mini type of, a mini type of search and triage type thing, not necessarily a rescue type deal where they took us upstairs in the building and they had it all set up with the lights turned out. So it was pretty dark and they gave us flashlights and then, and this was a big, a pretty big room and they had desks and stuff. And so what you were supposed to do is you supposed to go through and search and then they had some volunteers that they had little cards on their chest. And what this card told you was, you know, this is their condition. This is, you know, how they're breathing. This is their, you know, if they were bleeding or if they were burned. And, and then you would make a decision based on what the card said on, do these people need immediate treatment? Can they wait? Or can they? Could they walk out with you? If you could, you actually take them out? If you were, in, you know, in theory, doing a search in an office building type thing. Uh, so that was actually really neat. And I wish we could have done more of that hands-on stuff as opposed to the classroom stuff. Because quite frankly, a lot of the stuff that was covered in the classroom, it, a lot of it was repetition type things. Uh, and I thought you probably could have gotten and maybe would have retained more. If they were saying, okay, you know, do these little scenarios and it'll help you kind of to remember because you're actually physically doing the stuff. Um, now, speaking of our final drill, which we did on Sunday, we went out to the fire training ground, you know, where they have the big burn buildings and everything. We got to put out a, a small fire with a, and it was just a pressurized um, fire extinguisher with water in it, you know, so they could refill them and stuff. And it was a very controlled thing that they did. They had these gas pipes and it would, you know, come on. And basically it wasn't, you know, you weren't really putting it out. They just turned off the gas and it went out. But basically it was just you learning how to pull the pin and just so that you could have some frame of reference if at your home or something like that or at your work you ever needed to put out like maybe a small trash can like fire. And they went over, they said these type of extinguishers, you know, are going to be able to put out maybe like about a two foot square fire and that's about it. Anything else, you know, you need to, 
to basically get out and call the fire department type thing. Um, kind of on the on the fire department or the firefighting thing, they said, you know, if you've ever if you're cooking in, in pans, always make sure that you've got a lid that you can cover the pan because you can smother the fire. You don't have to, you know, don't you know throw water on a grease fire and all that type of stuff, uh, which most of us probably know. Um, also in the drills, they showed us about how to turn off utilities, which I knew, but a lot of people had no clue about how would you turn off a gas line? How would you turn off um, uh, the electricity to your house? Do you know how to you know get into the breaker box and check that and do all this other type of stuff? So that was, uh, that was good for some people because I know for some people it was a good learning lesson for them on that. Uh, whether they'll retain that stuff or not, eh, I don't know. Um, but kind of getting back to the drill, our final drill that we did, we had sort of a command center set up and then in their, what they call their, I guess their burn building. I don't know if that's the correct name for it, but normally the fire guys will, they'll set fires in it and they'll burn it and then they'll go in and, you know, practice putting the fires out or when it's all smoky and this and that. But for us, of course, it wasn't near that dramatic. Um, there, it was a, we had two stories that we were supposed to search and then there were going to be, there could be walking wounded, there could be, you know, dead people, there could be this and that. And then they had volunteers again. These And these were like fire cadets that were playing the victims and stuff like that. And so you you got a little bit of a taste of how it would be to be part of these teams or to be part of the medical thing or to be part of the command crew, you know. Um, and, and so that was real interesting and a lot of fun. It was really neat. Now... Let's see if there's anything else I want. Oh, uh, before I'll do the like, kind of like the overall thing. Again, with the courses, some of the stuff that they talked about was very interesting. And on our last day, they showed more video, which I thought they probably should have done better because, or, or more of, uh, because the videos a lot of times gives you a, it just illustrates everything so much better for you. So they showed several videos about, okay, well, this happened and this happened and what would you guys do type thing. And they showed the video of, and I can't remember where it was. I think it was back east. I think it might have been in in New York where they had that rock. There was a, a band was playing a small venue. It was pretty crowded. And it was the one where they were doing the pyrotechnics. They had like the things that were going and the club caught on fire. And what happened was there was a guy there who was recording the concert. And he basically saw that there was a fire and he started going out, but he kind of kept recording the whole time. And he, he recorded like the whole thing. And you see how fast the building goes up. You see how quick and what actually happens. Um, and it's kind of a, it's a hard video to watch because you know that there's a lot of people that don't make it out. Uh, there was quite a few that did, but a lot of people didn't make it out of there. Um, and it's, you know, it's, 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 when you're watching that, it's much different than watching a movie where, you know, oh, that's all fake. And, um, when you know that people are actually in there and that are dying and had like a, just a horrific death, it really, it's a, it's a sobering thing to watch. I, I'll try and find it on YouTube and I'll put a link to it, um, over at, uh, thearmedape.com for, for, uh, show number 57, which is what this show is. And then that way you can go over there and, and watch that video. But again, it's not uh, it's not for the faint of heart. Uh, it's not that it's very gory or gruesome or anything, uh, but it's just you understand that this isn't 
you know, it's not a movie. It's it's uh, the stuff really happened. Um, and you see like the chaos and the confusion that's going on there. And one thing that that they went over and they did a good job of going over was how fast they showed a video of like a Christmas tree going up. They showed a video of some other stuff, you know, when fires and and kind of what happens when you have a fire um, and how fast it is. So even if you've got a response time of four minutes or five minutes, a lot of times when they get there, there's really nothing they can do. All they can do is try and keep the fire from spreading, you know, to the other houses in your neighborhood type thing. So in in that regard, the course was really good in that it gave me an education as far as what are their limitations? What are they going to be able to do and that type of thing? So earlier we had talked a little bit I, uh, about how some of the fire guys were injecting reality into the situation and about you know what you would really be doing type thing. And when you first look at the amount of material that you're given or that the course goes over, you would almost think, well, heck, they're going to have me going in and searching buildings and they're going to have me helping, you know, pull people out and they're going to have me help, you know, dress wounds and do this and do that. But the reality is, is you're not, you're not going to do that as at this level, what you would do. And this is why I was saying that a lot of the stuff they just didn't need to, to teach or they didn't need to go into depth of it. They could just mention it in passing, like, oh, this is what the fire guys are going to do. They're going to be the one that are prying up concrete slabs, not you. You know, what you're going to do is, as as a volunteer, you, you would basically have maybe two, two missions, I guess, for lack of a better term. One is that they called you up and there was a big disaster scene and they're starting to get overwhelmed. They can use you again to hand out water, to direct traffic, maybe to run papers back and forth or supplies back and forth, or maybe they can have you when new ambulances are coming in, they can have you tell them that the, uh, you know, the, the immediate patients are over by, you know, the football field or something like that. That's where they are. And that's, and that's where you need to direct them. And of course you would have like a little radio and stuff. And then if that situation changed, then they could say, okay, they've got plenty over here. If any more, when the ambulances show up now, direct them over to the south side of the building where we've got these other people that need help. And and what that would do is that allows then a guy who's maybe got more medical training or who's a fireman to be able to go into the building or do this and do that because they've got all the protective equipment and this and that. Um, The other thing that you might do if they called you up, let's say at a forest fire, you could help with when the guys would come off the line, you're not going to be out there, you know, with shovels and rakes and stuff like that. Again, with the level of training you have through this course, what you would be is you'd be back at the base camp. And when they, those guys would come in, you would help, you know, get them out of their gear, help rehydrate them, help, you know, get them stuff that they would need, help them with food, things like that. So again, that they don't have to have one of their own people who could be out, you know, doing whatever, but now they're they're needing to, you know, hydrate the guys or run, you know, run to get water or run to get Gatorade or whatever, that type of thing. Uh, and about the only other situation they said that if you were just happened to be on the scene and didn't get hurt, let's say that you were, you know, driving on the road and a school bus turned over. 
Um, what you may be able to do with the limited training is you may be able to direct other people and say, you know, if it looked like a bunch of people had head or back injuries, you say, no, 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 don't, don't leave, you know, don't move them, leave them alone. Uh, you might be able to, you know, help direct traffic away from stuff or get other people, you know, just direct other people, you know, call 911 or get this or get that, or do you have this or do you have this available? And even with that, the training that you would get or that we got in this thing was so basic that you would basically be just be doing almost like good Samaritan type stuff, you know, so, uh, but you're, you're not in any way, shape or form considered, you know, like EMS or emergency medical services or anything like that. But at least in theory, you would have at least some knowledge of, if there were walking wounded, you could say to some other standby people who weren't hurt, hey, can you take these guys and put them over on the side of the road and, and make sure that, you know, the upcoming cars or something don't crash into them or somebody doesn't wander out in the street who's dazed, that type of stuff. So, you know, all in all, I would say that if, if a course like this did come up in your community, go ahead and take it just for the knowledge base. Even if you know, shoot, I'll never be called up or all I, or even if you're not interested in being called up, at least you would have some knowledge of how things work. Because what was really interesting, and one of the guys who was one of the, um, captain, we had another guy who was like a real high muckety muck up in the fire. And he was like one of the, the big chiefs. And he was talking about the command structure and what they do. Uh, and so a lot of guys that have had military training, prior military stuff, they would understand and see a lot of that. And because they borrow a lot from that because it works. So you'll have a you'll have a commander, you'll have and then he'll sort of have his two or three guys that report to him and they'll have two or three guys that report to them and they'll have, you know, then the rest of them are the teams that are going out. So that one person isn't just getting constantly barraged so that as it sort of goes up the chain of command you know, that guy can make some decisions and direct some stuff and then he can go back to the chief and say, Hey, you know, south side of the building is is contained. We've got this, you know, we've got these other people we've got, you know, uh walking wounded or staged over here, here and here. Do you want anything changed? And then that guy just has to say, Okay, now nah, everything's okay and uh and then he kinda coordinates the other new people maybe that are coming in, that type of thing. So that was that was also real interesting. So um Hopefully this my experience here or relating of it isn't um isn't too boring for you guys but I would recommend to go get some of that type of training. Uh and again at least in our area it wasn't really propaganda type stuff. Even when they were going over the the terrorism thing, the guy that we had that was the instructor kept it sort of reality based as far as, you know, this is what you would be doing or this, or maybe these are some of the things that you can do to kind of help yourself in the event that, that there's a big evac in your area. So again, having things like that 72 hour, uh, excuse me, having things like that 72 hour bag, having, um, some portable sources of water that if you needed to, you could take and throw them in your vehicle and, and, you know, hopefully drive the opposite direction of the, of the disaster or whatever. Um, so uh, again, I would recommend that you guys, if it comes up, take it. I'd also recommend if if you're not, get trained with CPR. Um, get trained on. I don't know if they if they have any basic like first aid courses, almost like mini EMT courses that are out there in your area. If they have those, 
learn how to do them. Uh, you know, you may be out in the middle of nowhere and, and come across a car wreck, or you may be in a car wreck yourself and, and your kid gets hurt or your wife gets hurt, or maybe you get hurt. And, uh, you know, if, if the members of you yourself and not only your family members, but if they have that tra- some of that basic training as well, they may be able to kind of help stabilize you a little bit until, you know, help can get out there. Uh, all right. Well, I think, you know what, I'm going to call it to a close right now. Um, if you guys have any comments or had any, if anybody's had any experience either with, um, like a cert type thing where you actually got called out or if you've done search and rescue, anything like that, I'd love to hear some of the experiences that you guys had, or if you're, uh, somebody in the police or fire, if you've had experiences, you know, kind of relate that, that would relate to this or just even in general, you know, just advice that you could give people, uh, just because you do, you guys do this stuff, you know, if you're police or, or a fire or, or a EMTs or working an ambulance, you know, you see this kind of stuff every day. Uh, what would, what's some advice that you would give to the, you know, average guy like me who doesn't do this every day, but who wants to at least be able to, um, be well let's say who would want to be at least not a hindrance you know so you know what type of things could you do that would actually help and not get in the way type stuff all right my monkeys i'll talk to you guys next time take care This guy's got a monkey scrotum and he's bragging about it. Oh, Teeny!